And so it was, it was top 40 at the time and anything that my peers were listening to. And of course, my two older brothers who I idolized, they were my avenue to concerts. They would buy the tickets for their friends and then let me kind of tag along with them. So they were taking me to Billy Joel, Kiss, Tavares, Earth, Wind and Fire, The Police, you know, it, it, I kind of was the little sister that tagged along. So I didn't really get, um, I wasn't really in a position at that time to think too independently about music. I mean, when I did, it was, you know, it was girl stuff. I was listening to Diana Ross and Whitney Houston and Michael Jackson. And again, you know, whatever came out of the pop radio, um, you know, there, I, Bruce, just, I think, you know, Hungry Heart, I remember hearing as a high schooler, um, but that was it. There was, there was, I did not have that kind of um, avenue to explore uh, the depth of any one musician other than what was at the local record store and what I was hearing. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Set Lesson Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson, and joining me is one of my online friends, uh, someone who I have been gently reminding her, like, hey, aren't you going to join me or join me? So, Suzanne, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Jesse. I'm so thrilled to be here, finally. <laughs> yeah. So, tell us a little about yourself. Give us your elevator speech. Uh, sure. My non-Bruce elevator speech or just the whole, the but, whole thing? Whichever um, one. Okay. I'm a former lawyer, now retired, mom of three, empty nester, um, more recent Bruce fan. You'll, we'll get into my story and how I got connected to his music somewhat late in life. Um, but uh, starting in 2016, just had the best run ever of Bruce, 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 basically nonstop all the way up until I guess it was September 2019 when they did his um, My Hometown exhibit in New Jersey. And that was the yeah. last time I saw him. But I've got, um, you know, boxes and crates of tickets and wristbands and playbills and lanyards and plastic cups and T-shirts and you know, so everything you could possibly imagine. It's all archived very carefully. You've <laughs> packed in a lot of Bruce in a short time. Yeah. 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 Uh, where, are you, where are you calling from? Uh, so now I live in Westchester, New York, okay. um, originally from Providence, Rhode Island, okay. um, grew up there, came to the city in, um, when I was 18 years old to go to college and basically never left. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so, and do you just reach the point where you're ready to retire from being an attorney? Yeah, I practiced law for 20 years. Um, and then I stopped about two years ago. I had... Um, gone through a bit of a trauma that had set me back a bit and mm. made me kind of reevaluate my life and my priorities and what I wanted to do and what was the best thing for me to do and okay. decided that practicing law was no longer on the top of that list. Well, well so, good for you. Um, <laughs> gladly said goodbye yeah. to all of that. I loved it when I did it. It was 
very stressful. It was very high octane. I worked yeah. at a New York City firm where I was working, you know, 16, 20 hour days constantly, mm -hmm. not seeing my kids, not seeing my family, coming home to nap and shower and race back in again. Um, and then I saw the light, I guess, and yeah. decided it was time to get off that hamster wheel. And I was fortunate that I had the, uh, the opportunity to do it. Good for you. You know, it's, um, you know, like better days, right? The, the you, you, you know, you can't wait for your ship to come in. You've got to enjoy the journey and take care of it. So good for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, you mentioned before we hit record, um, how are you doing during this pandemic? You guys hanging in there? We're doing okay. It's um, the beginning part was rather tough. Um, we, uh, you know, we, we live here in New York and we got the shutdown orders, the stay at home orders in March. I had three children in college in three different places and each college had its own timeline for saying, pack your stuff and get out. We're giving you three days. So yeah. we're like, you know, quick, like race up to Boston, pack this one up, race down to the city, get that one, race over here and get the other one. Oh, now we got to go back and finish packing up the first. So it was incredibly stressful. And being a mom, um, I realized, um, you know, it was the one time or the, the one of the very more recent and um, uh, more memorable times when I could not protect my children. Yeah. I could not stop this glum occurrence from happening, this yeah. injection from their dorm room, this, you know, uh, the exodus from their friendships, uh, especially my older one who was uh, set to graduate college in May mm -hmm. and did, uh, but did so, you know, from his living room sofa. Uh, and that was a really hard you know, he went to Harvard, he graduated mm. magna cum laude, he wow. had all these great honors and all this wonderfulness, and he just missed that pomp and circumstance and all the wonderful stuff that he deserved after working so hard. You know, Suzanne, on the grand scope of things with all the people we've lost and, and the, you know, the hundreds and thousands of deaths, you know, here in the U.S. and then even more across the world, um, there there is a lot to mourn. But I do think that we will need to take a time, and I've talked about this on the podcast before, where you're going to have to mourn the high school proms that didn't happen, the college and high school graduations that didn't happen, the shows we didn't see, you know, um, I had had tickets to see a couple of people perform and it didn't happen. Um, and I know. am fully aware as you, I am, I am privileged. Right. I had to cancel a vacation to, to Europe with my daughter. I had to yeah. miss the See Here Now Festival, big yeah. deal. I, I exactly. mean, my, my husband just lost his dad to COVID. So we've, yeah. you know, experienced the, the, the heartache of this, but, yeah. you know, I, I, I cannot complain. It was, it, it was rough. It's, you know, I, I hate to say it, but I'm actually kind of now enjoying this homebody. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's part of my life. And, I've, mm -hmm. you know, Zoom calls and classes are very yeah. convenient for me. And I found the world in a, in a weird way has, has very much opened up virtually to me, yeah. even though I'm, you know, I'm 20 minutes from New York City. So I could always yeah. go in and do anything I wanted to sure. do. 
Um, but now it's, it, it, you know, everything is just a, a Zoom call away. I take literature classes and photography classes and collage classes and Italian classes and oh, keep up with my high you. school girlfriends and have cocktail hours. And I, I'm in no position to complain at all. I yeah, mean, and, I, and, and I certainly agree with you. I'm not either. Um, I, I do think, though, it's just there there is a loss of things like your yes your son is very happy he he graduated and he's gone and starting his life and all those accomplishments happen but it's a little sad that you know you're on the couch when instead of seeing what you know that whole because that's a big deal so yeah, yeah i i yeah. and we're all we're all doing what we got to do to get through it and uh I'm I'm happy that you guys are doing well, and it's good. And I'm so happy you um, took time to talk to me. So, Suzanne, we always like to start at the beginning. So, okay. you you talked about growing up. Talk about how much music was there in your house when you were uh, a little one. Were your parents musical? Did you guys listen to a lot of music? The music was constant. Uh, my mom played classical piano. I played classical piano for eight years. My younger brother was a phenomenally gifted musician. I would plug my way through the etudes and my scales and just kicking and screaming the whole way. My younger brother would sit down at the piano, listen to the Billy Joel or the Springsteen song on the radio and boop, doop, 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 play it. And then boop a doop a doop a doop play it in the rock and roll version. And then boop a doop a doop a doop play it in the rhythm and blues version. And it just sprang out of nowhere. So the piano was big in our house. Um, my dad was somewhat of a hippie. So we grew up listening to the Woodstock album. Okay. <laughs> so I knew who Joe Hill was long before Bruce covered that song. Mm -hmm. um, but my dad was also like the classics. So we had a lot of uh, Sinatra, a lot of Ella Fitzgerald, a lot of Broadway show tunes. Um, and then like the usual, I, I grew up in the 60s and the 70s. So it, we had like John Denver and Cat Stevens and Carly Simon and Simon and Garfunkel. And, you know, that was the Beatles, of course. That was kind of like the music of my childhood. You know, one of the things I, I graduated high school in 77. So, yes, there was, you know, and I we were able to see John Denver a couple times in the small town that I grew up in. Um, and, and I often think about that because he's become uncool that it's a shame he's not in the rock and roll hall of fame but even more of a he's not in the country music you know, like you know hall of fame and it just seems like you know one or the other if not both it just he was such a a force in that 70s and had so many hits and so much music and so part of pop culture yeah, we could have a whole other conversation about who's not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and how yes. that works and the injustices and how yes. at the end of the day, you know, does it matter? I don't know, but yeah, sure. Yeah, I it understand. Is. Absolutely. So um, as you started going into high school, did you did you did you start making like often like I didn't reject my parents' music. I just added to it. So how about you? Did you, what kind of music did you start embracing? 
same. I mean, you know, in high school in the 70s, we were, I was in a small town in Providence, Rhode Island, and we had one pop radio station. And so it was, it was top 40 at the time and anything that my peers were listening to. And of course, my two older brothers who I idolized, they were my avenue to concerts. They would buy the tickets for their friends and then let me kind of tag along with them. So they were taking me to Billy Joel, Kiss, Tavares, Earth, Wind and Fire, The Police. You know, it, it, I kind of was the little sister that tagged along. So I didn't really get, um, I wasn't really in a position at that time to think too independently about music. I mean, when I did, it was, you know, it was girl stuff. I was listening to Diana Ross and Whitney Houston and Michael Jackson. And again, you know, whatever came out of the pop radio, um, you know, there, I, Bruce, I think, you know, Hungry Heart, I remember hearing as a high schooler, um, but that was it. There was, there was, I did not have that kind of um, avenue to explore uh, the depth of any one musician other than what was at the local record store and what I was hearing. Yeah, uh, same thing for me, right? Like I, I was, as I said, you know, I'm, it's the middle 70s. I'm, I'm listening to my AM clock radio, you know, that, you know, listening to the music, Casey Kasem on Sunday afternoons and, you know, the, um, you know, KLOU, the Rock of Lake Charles, you know, listening to all these different music. Um, when did you first discover Bruce? I discovered him. And then I dumped him and then okay. I rediscovered him. Okay. Then that's, well, I, that's a story. You ready I, for my that's, story? I am ready for this story. I am <laughs> okay. so ready. Okay. So um, I'll start by saying my husband was a big Bruce fan before I met him. Um, had gone to the shows in Providence in the late seventies, had didn't really follow him along around, but had de definitely knew his music, um, played his uh, stuff in the car when our kids were little, the, Kids always would uh, clamor that, oh, I want to hear the baby rocker song, daddy, play the baby rocker song. Um, but it was not anything that really interested me. I had gone to one Bruce concert in Paris when I was studying there when I was in high school, but only because it was the thing to do and a bunch of people were, were doing it. So fast forward to about 2003. Um, it was uh, my birthday weekend and my husband had this big surprise for me. Wouldn't tell me what, just said, we're going someplace. You gotta dress warm, you gotta wear comfortable clothing, comfortable shoes, you're gonna be standing for a long period of time. And you know, I'm thinking like, is he taking me on a cruise? <laughs> we're going on a boat, this like, sounds so wonderful. Um, but what it was, was uh, it was um, the rising show at Shea Stadium in, um, in October of 2003. So we went there with two other uh, people, two other friends. Um, and at that point I hadn't really heard the rising music. I was, um, I was a new mom. I had three children under the age of three. I had a two-year-old with developmental difficulties and newborn twins. So I, the last thing in my mind was following music, listening to anything, going, going to shows, doing... Sure. I, I had no life whatsoever. I was just <laughs> juggling kids all the time. Um, so we went to the show. I didn't, don't, you know, I admit I didn't know much of the songs at that point. Kind of like the oldies stood out to me whatever. It was wonderful. We went home, had a great time, um, went home, uh, the, came back the next day. Um, the backstory is that uh, was the beginning of Yom Kippur weekend, 
which is the highest holy day in the uh, Jewish calendar. My family lives in, still lives in Rhode Island. Um, my dad had died by that point, but my mom, my brothers all lived there and it was expected that I go home with the kids for the high holidays. And I had missed uh, Rosh Hashanah because of, I don't remember what obligation we had. Um, so I didn't go home at the beginning of the weekend the way I was supposed to because of the Bruce show. So we said, well, wait, we'll go home uh, Sunday. And I think Arab Yom Kippur was Sunday night. And, you know, we would just deal with the weekend then. I uh, get a phone call Saturday night uh, that my brother, my 36-year-old brother was found dead in his apartment uh, suddenly. No, oh, no. no, nothing, no, nothing. No advance warning, no anything. So my mind goes to, if I hadn't been at that darn Bruce show, would have driven home, I would have seen him one last time. Now, my brain wasn't thinking that well at the time, but as time went on, the guilt started settling in the distancing from going out from music, certainly from Bruce. That was like the last thing I ever wanted to think about again, because it just brought up all of these horrible memories. So I dumped Bruce for about and, and, 10 years. And I'm sure intellectually you understood there wasn't that connection, but just emotionally, right? It felt like, you know, and what I if I what if I'd seen him one more time? Maybe I would have spotted something, right? I, I I totally get that. But if not, at least I would have seen him. You know, he didn't yes. call me for my birthday. And I was thinking, oh, that rat, you know, I'll call him the next day and I'm gonna give him grief that he forgot to call his big sister for my for her birthday. And mm -hmm. You know, I didn't get that. I didn't get that next day. Mm. So, and it had followed a string of losses in my family. So um, anyway, so things kind of went downhill after that. So fast forward to, um, I guess around 2012, um, Gary and I decided to go to a brew show at Gillette. Um, and again, in 2014, we went down to, um, North Carolina, Charlotte, to see the show there and at her and to Hershey, but I, I wasn't feeling it. You know, we would get GA and sit there, and I was still just, I wasn't keeping up with the song. I wasn't keeping up with the albums being released. I didn't have a context of what song was good, bad, or indifferent. The irony is that when I started being a lawyer way, way back in 91, one of my friends was a massive Bruce fan, even back then. And I used to make fun of him because he would tour and follow everywhere. And I would say like, get a life, come on. Like you're a big grown yeah. up now. Like just like be an adult already. Stop this silliness. Yes. What, are you, what are you doing? Um, and uh, anyway, that, that will connect up with that story. So anyway, um, so I still wasn't into Bruce. And then uh, in summer of 2015, I had the very um, unfortunate experience of being, um, uh, being present on a railroad track uh, at the exact time when a man chose to take his life by yeah. coming and hit, uh, jumping in front of the oncoming train. So I was witness to this devastation um, and that pretty much ruins me. Um, I developed PTSD, I developed, developed depression, the trauma got worse and worse. Um, I eventually went into trauma therapy and what came out of it was all the loss and hurt feelings of my brother and losing him and not being able to save him. 
So anyway, as this is happening, I'm still, I'm going into work every day and my, uh, my normal routine would be get off the train at Grand Central and, you know, kind of put on some good music, some good like hep hep music to kind of like get me in this fired up work uh, mood to get to work. Um, and it was usually like blinded by the light or Saint in the city or something just a little bit rocking to get me going. Don't ask me why, I still to this day, I have no idea how the song got on my iPod, but walking home one day, walking back to the train, um, my iPod is just going on kind of like a random thing and Paradise comes on. And I'm listening to it very carefully because I'm recognizing that I don't know why, why the song is on my iPod. And I get to the final two lines, right? Like I reach my, I, I, I rise back up from the water. I, you know, um, I can't think of it now because I'm too jazzed up, but you know, the last two lines of, of, you know, after I search for paradise in your eyes, they're cold and black. I raise my head above the air. I, you know, I breathe, I feel the sunshine on my face. And it was this aha moment that hit me. And I just, I remember I replayed it over and over and over again, just like a standing on the corner of 43rd Street and Fifth Avenue. It's okay to feel sunshine on your face. It's okay to go back and live again. It ain't no sin to be glad you're alive. This guilt and this burden and this kind of heaviness that I had been feeling for all of these months and that had been dredged up from all of these years. Now it didn't go away in the blink of the minute the first time I heard the song, sure. but it was the catalyst that started me listening to more Bruce songs and really listening, really hearing the lyrics for the first time, not just singing along, you know, kind of mindlessly. And there was so much to mine. There was so much detail. There were so many threads. There was so much emotion. There was so much hope. There was so much joy. So this, like I said, the, you know, the train station situation happened in June of 2015. We learned that Bruce was going on tour in 2016. And I said, this is gonna be my therapy. I, the trauma therapy is working. It's good. I definitely need that. But I feel like I, I, I don't know. I need, I need to get out of my, my existence. I need to get out of my routine and just go do something. So 2016 opens the door. And we started out with the opening show in Pittsburgh, our first time ever uh, doing the pit lottery. Um, so I was at that show. So yes, <laughs> you, yes. You were, and in fact, I don't think I think it was with with, uh, with Ken Rosen when he posted yeah. something about it, and I showed him what my view was because I yeah. had Bruce like holding him up over yes. my shoulders, and Ken shows me his picture, and he's like, "I was on the other side of you," and it's fascinating now. I want to go through all. In fact, I was going through so many concert images in in preparation for talking yes. to you, and I thought. I wonder how many of these people I know now. Like it must yes, be in the exactly. hundreds yes. at least. Exactly. Yes. Um, so yeah, so we did we did Pittsburgh, we went to Chicago, we went to Philly, we went, we, we basically did the Northeast Corridor, okay. the New York shows. Um, and then in the summer, um, I have I had plans to be in Italy for another um, retreat 
Um, but because of these friends that I was making online and through Facebook groups and talking to people, I, um, I befriended this group of Italians and they were like, you have to come to Rome, you have to come to Circus Massimus, like we will give you a ticket, you have to do this. And I had given one of them a ticket for another show that somebody else had given me that I couldn't use. And, you know, I just started to become so involved in meeting just the, the kindest, nicest, most wonderful people around. I mean, I, I could go on your, your, your next podcast of your you know, spring scene friends and I could give you a list, you know, so long of the wonderful people that I've met, the European friends who now, when my friends go to Europe, they take care of them. When my brother and his girlfriend was there, they took care of them. When I, I return every year to visit with them and, you know, they yes. check in with me, it's, it's it's it, wonderful to know that so many fabulously wonderful warm people exist and that you can connect with them just because you like this music just because you enjoy this experience you know i don't i i don't know because i'm involved in this fandom but it feels unique at least to me, and and maybe if I was involved in YouTube fandom or Grateful Dead fandom or Billy Joel or Rolling Stones, I don't know, but it seems like that Bruce, first they're very passionate, and there also is that family, you know that that you immediately have a bond if you meet and talk, and you know that's what this podcast is all about, you know that uh, it's funny the the guy who runs our network and he and I were talking this week and he was laughing. He says, you know, when you told me you were going to do a Bruce Springsteen fan podcast, I told my wife, I said, well, yeah, Jesse wants to do a Springsteen podcast. I, I will probably get a season out of it, like a year. <laughs> yeah. He says, and now then, you know, you're five years later, <laughs> you know? Well, yeah. There's, and, and, there's no end to the stories. I mean, my husband yeah. and I, we were in Paris and we went to a U2 show um, yeah. and we happened to be standing next to a guy who was wearing a river tour t-shirt. Yeah. And this was uh, late 2015 before the, yeah. before the tour began. It was yeah. you know, from the, from the old, he's a longtime fan. Yeah. We talked with him. We hung out, we watched you two. We exchanged Facebook information. Yeah. We took a picture together. Once the Bruce tour got announced, uh, he lives in Brussels and he asked me if I could um, help get him tickets for the LA shows because the time difference when they went on sale and where sure. he was working, he couldn't do it. Now I wasn't going to go to LA, but I was like, you know, if I can do it, I will set up with my computers at home. Sure. And like, we all did like wait for the little yes. thing. So he wanted four tickets for two nights. So eight tickets GA. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's a significant outlay of cash yes and my husband's saying you don't know this guy like you we met him once and you're gonna yes. like load your credit card with this what I said well you know he asked me to do it I can't say no so right. I buy the tickets I text him I say I have the tickets here's the confirmation they haven't been mailed yet once they're mailed to me I'll let you know we can settle up then and I'll send them out to you fine the tickets come in and I text him I say okay tickets are here here's a screenshot of them here's a screenshot of the the invoice um you know give me your address and you know paypal me and we'll we'll take care of it and he said suzanne you're forgetting something and i'm thinking oh 
oh God, what did I do wrong? And he's like, you, you have to include the cost of shipping. I need to pay you for that as well. So <laughs> I wouldn't even have thought about that. Right. He didn't ask for a tracking number. He didn't ask for proof of them to be in the mail. He didn't ask for, he just said, I'm sending it to you now. Let me know when you get it. And it was just that, you, you knew me because you stood next to me in a concert in France a year ago. Yes. That's, that's the extent of that trust. Yeah. But that's as much as you need around here. It, it's, it's, I've told the story before, Suzanne, but right, like I was in Nashville and uh, the night before the show, uh, I guess this would be about 2014, right? And um, I'm going to, there's a restaurant and Donna from Bruce Funds and a bunch of other people are all meeting. And Linda's like, you're going to go meet these people you don't know? Aren't you nervous? And I'm like, well, first off, it, I think they're all female. So I think they should be worried about me. You know, I, got, I like, no, they're Bruce fans and they're not. And uh, it's, um, and she's, you know, she hears the extreme and every once in a while she's run into a couple of people there. Jeff and Nancy here in Dallas, we ran into at a show a little Steven show and we were talking beforehand and when we sat to our seat she goes they're pretty normal I'm like yes we there are a few of us that are normal we just happen to be obsessive with Bruce and uh you know we um so I always joke I said if he the next time he tours and there's in Dallas you know Linda we may have a dozen people all coming <laughs> sleeping on the floor yeah, but they won't yeah, care yeah. you know that's it you know <laughs> Well, so. I was at a I was at a photo um, exhibit in New York uh, once, and everyone was there for the new Nikon camera to yes. come out. And this woman was sitting behind me, and she looked kind of familiar, and I couldn't figure out where. And then I realized I had seen her at um, at a Bruce event, and I introduced myself, um, and you know. The next, and it was, it ends up being Deb Rothenberg. So yeah. we ended up talking and we ended up becoming friends. The next thing I know, she was like, if you're looking for this new camera, I have this great one. I love it, but it's out of date. It hasn't been used. They've updated it. The new one isn't as good. The older model is great. Every once in a while, they come up on eBay or Craigslist. Next thing I know, she's emailing me links. I just found this one. It's a good price considering what it is. There's two others. I'm still hunting them down for you. I mean, I didn't ask anything of her and she just invited me into her photo women group we, you know we just we went out we once bruce on broadway happened i made so many friends because i basically lived on that street on that so, sidewalk for so long so talk to me about that well first off i always like to preface the amount of times you've seen bruce is not a fair barometer of how big of a fan you are but do you know how many times you've seen him um, I will show you, well, I, I, I have not kept count. I will, t okay. I will give you, I have two of my most precious, my most precious, um, souvenirs okay. from Bruce. And I actually have like, uh, photos if, if, if I, we have time at the end to show, share with you okay. on my screen, but I have the actual artifact here because the story behind this jacket. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That Bruce oh, signed nice. for me, yeah, mm -hmm. is, um, so yes, one of my favorite songs, and the song that means a lot to me, obviously. Um, this jacket has been photographed by Danny Clinch. <laughs> it's been on 
clinches Instagram. It's wow. been places where I wear it. And people would like, you're the girl with the jacket. I've seen that Facebook post from, from you. We've yeah. seen the video of Bruce signing that thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so 2016, I went to maybe 15 of the shows okay. at the beginning and just about all of them at the end and in, um, and in Italy in between. Um, I was so fortunate on Bruce on Broadway and I don't want to sound like the jerky girl who, no, you know, who is lucky, but I really was so fortunate with so many friends who had single tickets, who mm-hmm. knew I was a fan, and I was also able to get a code of my own. Yeah. So I saw that a whopping five times. That's awesome. Less beyond words. Mm-hmm. But even the nights that I didn't see it, because I was hanging out on the sidewalk so much at the beginning. Um, I knew the drill. So when yes. people would post in the fan books, like coming over from Italy, how do we do it? What do we do? What time do we get there? How long do we have to wait? Will he really stop? I would say, I'll meet you there. <laughs> I'll do it. I'll show you. I'll hang out with you. I'll get to know you. You don't have to do anything with me. Like, I don't need another photograph. I don't need another autograph, but I'll like, I'll, I'll just kind of keep you company yeah. there and kind of walk you through it. Oh my God, that I met people from Italy, people from Europe, people from California, people from everywhere. We just, you know, you just That's make amazing. friends because you're hanging on the sidewalk for so long, just sure. chit-chatting with everybody. And it's, yeah. you know, for me, part of the excitement was seeing other people's excitement. Absolutely. And that, that became so much fun. Um, you know, and then you start to know the security guys because they recognize you when you show up all the time. Like, you're here again? Yes, <laughs> exactly. You, right. Don't yes. you have a life anymore? Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so that was a, a great deal of fun. And, um, and then we were also fortunate to be able to, like I, the year that he did the book tour, mm-hmm. you know, I was fortunate to have tickets for one of the, um, the photo ops in New York. Um, yeah the New Yorker festival, the talk with Tom Hanks. I mean, I'm 20 minutes from New York city. So anything he does yeah. in New York is kind of a no brainer for me. Did, um, so what did you say in the seven seconds you had with him? Well, the, I've had a few seven second interviews. Okay. Inter, well, okay. I've had a couple of seven second interactions with okay. him um, at the book tour, um, the Barnes and Noble one, you know, they were very clear, like you get up, you get your picture, goodbye. He's not signing anything. He's not doing anything, yeah. whatever. But I did write him a letter at that point um, explaining the situation with my brother and how yeah. I had dumped him <laughs> way back in 2003 and had kind of picked him up again and thanking him for that. And you know, he took the letter and stuffed it in the back pocket of his jeans. So my husband was like, at some point he's pulling that out. Yeah. <laughs> when he puts his jeans in the wash, at some point he's got to pull out that darn letter. Maybe yes. he won't read it. Maybe he will. But, you know, you got yeah. as far as you, you could with that. Um, uh, I, um, and I mean, what do you, what do you say when you, when, you, when you meet someone like that? Yeah. You, you know, you're not sitting there screaming his name at him. Right. And you just like, you know, thank you so much. It's such an honor. You know, thank you for everything you've done. Love your sure. music. You know, I mean, you sound like the dumb old starstruck fan. Everybody is. Yeah, it's, um, it's they talk about um, when I was lucky enough to get... Um, Maureen Van Zant on the podcast, you know, the first time uh, people were like, you didn't ask her much about 
Bruce. And I said, well, I said, someone gave me the advice once they talked about that Nolan Ryan, the famous baseball pitcher. Yeah. Yeah. They said, if you ask Nolan about his no hitters, he will yawn and barely answer anything. But if you ask him about the two home runs he hit during his career, he will talk your ears off. And so I think the same thing. That's what was like, you know, I wanted to ask Marine questions that she didn't get asked a lot because, you know, about her own career. And so you you, you think about that. How do I say something unique? And um, I drove down to Austin to get the book signed and, you know, I, I've said this multiple times. I just said, you know, last year I spent nine months unemployed. I listened to better days and land with hope and dreams every day. And that's what got me through it. Thank you. And I don't know if he heard it, but I needed to say it more than I needed him to hear it. Yeah. And I think same thing, your letter, right? Yes. It'd be great if he read it, but you just needed to let him know. It's interesting because I, 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 I had obviously prepared the letter in advance, but every time on the street, I didn't know whether he was going to stop or not, or sign the person next to me, or whether sometimes he just walked right in. Sometimes he went to the other side. So I didn't really, I didn't have anything prepared. Um, But the times when I had the meet and greet ops with Max or with Jake, Mm -hmm. um, I had, I had something prepared because I knew what I wanted to say to them. And I knew but it wasn't fandom stuff. It was more like a conversation I wanted to have with them. And, and they were very receptive of that. And I was again, so fortunate because Max's jukebox came around here so many times. So you have to go started playing the, in your living room Mm -hmm. and and played up uh, one town over for me here in white plains. Um, uh, Run into Jared all the time, but Asbury, you know, befriended Mm -hmm. Tina and Danny and Rachel and Adopkin down at uh, Danny Clinch's gallery. So wandered in there all the time, ran into Tom Morello on the street down there. Um, You know, I, again, it's like, I'm going to give you my little show and tell when we're done talking, but I'm fortunate to like have had in these few short years, such like nice interactions um, with so many members of the E Street Band. It's really, it's really a joy. Well, you, you mentioned you've had multiple, so you talked about the bookstore. When else did you run into Bruce? Well, I didn't quite run into him this time, okay. but um, we did text a few times. Ah. Yes. And um, I don't want to give too many details. Okay. Because I, I uh, respect his privacy. Sure. Um, and it wasn't intentional. Okay. Uh, it, we kind of accidentally, uh, I accidentally sent something to him and he replied. And at first I thought it was a fake Bruce account because there okay. was, it was about the time when I think there was a fake Bruce account going around that was sure. asking for money or something. And, um, um, but, but there, there, it, we did have a very, um, a very good natured back and forth about four or five texts that, um, that's pretty cool. Was something that was very, very cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's very cool. Um, wow. I, there, there's probably, uh, I'm just going to leave that there because there's <laughs> so much I want to ask, but you're right. That's yeah, probably I not. can't. It's yeah, you know, exactly. It's, yes. No, I get that. I totally get that. That's it, too you funny. have to kind of like balance like, Oh my God, I want to tell the world versus this is become like 
my idol of all idols. And the last thing I am ever going to do is yeah. be disrespectful for, to, you know, for what the, the two minutes of fame, it's going to, it's not worth yeah. it. No, yeah. not worth it. I all. wouldn't feel right about no, it. No, that's, I, I totally agree. Um, the, I asked this, a couple of people have gone to Broadway multiple times. Was it, was it just as enjoyable each time? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, each time, um, with the exception of once, I think once I went repeat with the same person, but each time it was with a different friend who had a different connection to Bruce, a different yeah. response to the show, a different mm -hmm. um, entry point into his music. So observing how that person responded to it was really fascinating to mm -hmm. me. I think I also would hear different nuggets a different way, or I would hear an inflection a bit differently. I went at the very beginning of the show when he was still very, very rusty being on the stage. And I went to the very last show when he could probably have you know, <laughs> done it all off the top of his head without the teleprompter. Um, and there were differences. There was different cadence in his voice. He, he paused at different points. He knew when to play the punchline a little bit better at different points. Um, so yeah, for me, I felt that there was, I mean, it wasn't massive differences. It wasn't like, you know, Bruce on Broadway one day and then, you know, Stevie Van Zandt came in and <laughs> played his role the next day. It, you know, it was minuscule differences, but it was, um, it was fascinating. And there was no way I would ever give up the opportunity to see that show and to experience it again, yeah, because it's absolutely. such a roller coaster of emotions. Did you have the fortune of being able to see it? I did. Um, I was nice okay. enough that uh, we, uh, a guy um, on Facebook, I had posted that I probably wasn't going to get to go. And he reached out and said, why aren't you going? I'm like, well, I just didn't have tickets. He goes, well, I can get you a ticket. I'm like, I know I can't afford it. And he goes, okay, well, what can you afford? And he gave me a couple of options and, you know, so then Linda and I had to sit down and go, okay, you know, how are we going to do this? Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, not only pay for the ticket, but how do you get to New York and sure, how do you get yeah. back, you know, from Dallas? And we ended up finding a, a very inexpensive direct flight. Uh, we found um, it was a combo. You got a, you know, a round trip flight and the pod hotel, one of those little pod oh, hotels, okay. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. which was amazing. I, I, I sing the praises because it was perfect for me. You know, I, we, we, I landed, you know, I took the shuttle in, you know, to the, they dropped me off at the hotel, you check in and it is the size of maybe a, you know, a cruise ship, but it, you know, it had a bed, it had a, it had a small TV that I didn't watch. It had a, a stand-up shower, you know, and a sink and a commode and it was everything you want. So I was able to, you know, rest for a few minutes. I took a fresh shower before I met someone for dinner. And then, you know, afterwards everything, you know, I went back and I was able to sleep, you know, and not try to stay up all night or go to the airport. So it was perfect. So it was just really, really cool. So, that strikes yeah. me as just once in a lifetime opportunity. How, exactly. how can you say no? I mean, I understand funds being tight for so many yeah. people, but I, 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 I think you know you would you would kick yourself to not have that kind of experience. Yeah. And, and and that's what Linda said. You know, 
my wife said, no, you've got to go. You've got to go and we're going to make it happen. So yeah, absolutely. Um, what are your thoughts on Letter to You? I love the older songs on it yes. more than the newer songs. Okay. I mean, I, 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 love, I loved Western Stars. Yes. I still listen to Western Stars. And I still debate between the studio version and the film version, but I love that album to pieces. And I feel like when Letter to You came out, I wasn't finished listening to Western Stars constantly. So Makes that sense. is still in my playlist. Okay. Um, um, if I were the pre, if I was a priest is just, I mean, I don't date back old enough to know the bootleg copies of it. And when he used I to play either. it, right. Yes. Yeah, so for me, it's all brand new, Yes. but it's so interesting because in the three songs that he had written so long ago that are on that album, you can, you know, you can hear that the, the lyrics are so much more complex and so yeah. much more like from the greetings era rather than, you know, a letter to you, which is lovely and sweet and wonderful, yeah. but it, it, there's not a whole lot of depth there. You know, um, I said this a couple of times. I felt like if I was the priest is what Outlaw Pete was trying to be. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, it just yeah. it feels like this Western epic and it just feels great. Um, I love that song. You know, it, it, I, I love the whole album, but that is one of my favorites. You know, I, I just love that uh, going back and forth. It is just really beautiful. And I will never, ever, if I listen to it in a million years, be able to get all those lyrics in my head and understand them and do them yes. because that whole, the, 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 the whole cinematic Yes. Sends up that he does with Mary running the brothel and the, yes. this one. And I mean, I, you just, I, I can't keep up with that kind of, yeah. uh, that kind of lyrics, but it, it's, it's wonderful. But I have to confess, I am now on my, my, my current playlists uh, on constant repeat. And you may have heard this from others as well is um, Chinatown with the bleachers. Yes. I'm just, I'm in love with that song. I've heard a lot of people have loved that song. Just really just want to hear it over and over again. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I, when they, they released the live, um, a live version when they played it um, downtown mm -hmm. and Bruce has a lot more vocals in it than yes. on the official released version. So I finally texted my, 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 my IT department, which is comprised of my son, who's an yes. engineer at Northeastern. Yes. I said, how do you do this? It's only on YouTube. How do I get it so I can listen to it on my iPod? And he figured out how to convert it to an yes. MP3 file and get it yes. to me so I can now listen to it to my heart's content. And um, I, I, it's, it's blissful. It's just the, the video. I think it's so interesting. You know, we, we, and, and even with Letter to You, I was able yeah. to get into the Apple Music, like the pre, sure. the night before the release when they had the, yeah. the live um, discussion with him. And that was very exciting. Um, but when Chinatown came out, it was so unexpected. And when the video came out, when they played it live on, on the rooftop, maybe it was just because it was the first time that we saw Bruce play I don't know. Maybe it's because it's the first time I've seen him play a supporting vocal and not the lead vocal. Or there was something in his expression. There was just something about the whole 
evening and the way that the, 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 the whole band looked, it just, it, it's so delightful to watch. Um, and as much as I love Letter to You and loved that film, I didn't feel the need that I needed to watch that film over and over and over again to see everybody playing. Okay. Uh, yeah, I really love the film. Um, and I was really, it's different than Western Stars, right? Like Western Stars, first off, I'm so, we were at the movie theater watching it and Linda reached over and said, you're really jealous of all those people in the barn, aren't you? I'm like, yes. Well, we are. Of yes. We are. <laughs> and then afterwards, you know, um, when they show, when they're rolling the credits and they put their name, I'm like, now they get an IMDb credit even. I know. Yes. Fantastic, right? I, even the guy who swept up the floor at the yes. end. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, I liked seeing the guys um record together and talk about it so it's a very different film than western stars um and and i think it's very creative what he's doing um so that's it's it's pretty cool um suzanne are there songs that when he tours again you're hoping to hear live that you haven't heard live before i'll be happy with anything Okay. I'm not one of those that chase after that one elusive song or the one where he plays the instrumental or plays it with the full band. I, I got to hear him do Dream Baby Dream on the pipe organ when he closed oh. in uh, Charlotte and that just blew me away. Um, everything he's played has been wonderful, but I don't, I don't have that kind of a bucket list. I'm, I'm, I'm just so grateful to be able to be there and be in the audience. So a funny story about Dream Baby Dream. Um, so when it was first released and, you know, the video, the amazing video that I think captures going to a Bruce show and the joy and everything. Um, so I, I was playing it and we were on a trip going to Louisiana to visit my mom and, you know, Linda She's like, well, that's not very much. That doesn't have a lot of depth. And then Chris is in the backyard. And that's my back seat. And he's my son. And he goes, wait a minute, play it again, dad. So if we play it again. And he goes, I, I like that. And then he goes, okay, we'll play it one more time. And by the end of it, she's like, that is actually really amazing. When you think about it, the simplicity, but how powerful it is. So it's kind of become an unofficial family song. It's that, like, it's that ache in his voice. Yes. When, you know, when he just went, I just, oh, I mean, I, I can't even describe it. It's yeah. just, and it's that subtlety, you know, it's that yes. small subtlety of listening to it that maybe, you know, a casual person may not understand, or like you said, you know, appreciate, like it's the same lyrics over and yeah. over again. There's nothing really deep about this. But it's, I think that's one of the things that is so wonderful about listening to Bruce is that he can take something yeah. so simple and imbue it with just so much emotion with mm -hmm. the smallest detail in his voice. Absolutely. So we've been wanting, you know, this has kind of become one of our unofficial family anthems. Like we will listen to Dream Baby Dream and when we're out on the back porch getting ready for to watch a cowboy game on TV, you know, we're 
like before we go in to turn on the TV, you know, my son will go, okay, let's play dream baby dream, you know? And so um, the second thing you need to know, Suzanne, is the first seven times I saw him, I had never heard Thunder Road live. The first yes. seven times, you mean yes. he didn't play them the first seven times? Exactly. The first seven shows I went to, he had not. I had seen Bruce seven times and had never heard Thunder Road Live. And in what era, what what period of time but, are you talking about? So my first show was 2002 at the Rising. Okay. And then, um, you know, so I saw, um, you know, Magic, Working on a Dream, um, you know, so I saw Devils and Dust. Um, so he, he had never done Thunder Road, you know? And so, and I was at the, um, it was the High Hopes tour, right? Mm -hmm. The, cause he didn't at the Wrecking Ball tour. I saw it went to two different Wrecking Ball tours. Right. He didn't do Thunder Road. So, um, and they did that free show that was here in Dallas for the NCAA tournament. Oh yes, of course. Yeah. I have that. Um, I run to that song when, when he, yes. when he talks about, um, yeah. when he does the wrecking ball intro, uh, driving yeah. down there in his old GMC yes. feeling like an astronaut. Yep. Yes. Okay. I know that. I know that was true. <laughs> so, um, they ended with, you know, he, he asked Patty to sing background and he did Thunder Road. So I'm like, oh. I finally see Thunder Road. This is great. So he was ending those shows, either Dream Baby Dream or Thunder Road. And on the all, piano, right? The acoustic. Yes, the, yeah, 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 or, yeah. Or, every show I attended, he did Thunder Road. <laughs> so I never got Dream Baby Dream. But I was like, it is hard for me to complain because I had gone so long not seeing Thunder Road. Yeah. And it's hard to complain like you know, you get Thunder Road, that's, it's Thunder Road. How can you complain? But you it's like- You get what you get, yeah. You get what you get, but I would just like once, I would have liked Dream Baby Dream just to see that live. So yes, I think about that. I'm amazed by the, the catalog of knowledge of some of the fans who are chasing yes. after that one song to be heard live yes. or with the band or acoustic or this version or that version. Yeah. I, I can't keep track of everything I've right. heard or want to hear or haven't heard. And yeah. so to me, it's, it's, it's all a party. It's yeah. all just phenomenal. It is. Um, Suzanne, what should I have asked you that I didn't? Um, you didn't ask me about my second best souvenir. Okay. From give my me, all right. Tour. So, so the first um, one is uh, for those. That's you, the jacket. <laughs> yeah. And, and you're going to send me a photo, right? So I can I'm, include yes, it. So I'm, that's I'm, okay. Absolutely. Okay. I'm going to send okay. you the photo of the jacket. Okay. So the okay. second one is, um, so I was supposed to go, you know, in, uh, in, in 2016 to the two MSG shows. One of okay. them was canceled because of the snow. Right. I remember that. Right. So we had the makeup show back in April. And at the time in April, one of my friends um, who had a corporate box thought she was doing me a great favor and said, oh, my God, come to the show with me. We'll sit up in the box. You'll have you know, champagne and they cater food and all this wonderful stuff. And it will be the best Bruce Springsteen show ever. And I thought... I can't think of anything worse than being a thousand miles away from the stage with a bunch of corporate people in suits at a brew show. <laughs> this yes. is like, you know, and how could I say no? She's a wonderful friend. She was a business colleague. And, and I'm like, yeah. oh, okay, I gotta go. Yeah. So um, I went, but I figured since I'm going, I'm bringing my camera with my telephoto lens because otherwise, you know, I'm either snapping with my yeah. cell phone or my phone's in my pocket and I'm just enjoying it. 
So this is in the early days before I uh, took a lot of photo classes and really understood what I was doing with okay. a camera, um, but ended up taking some really fun pictures. Okay. Put them away on my computer, didn't think about them in 2016. Uh, fast forward to when um, we went to see Max play uh, his jukebox show in Asbury. Mm -hmm. I think the first time around when he went there. And my husband said, you know, you have a picture of Max from way back when, you know, from that, that uh, the Snow Day show, you should print it out and like see if he'll sign it. Cause we had the meet and greet ticket. So we yep. knew we were gonna get to see him afterwards. So I was like, I don't know, do you think? Well, I don't know. And he's like, give it to me, I'll have it done. So first we printed out a small picture and then my husband said, no, 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 this needs to be bigger. So we printed out this big picture, brought it to Max and I had the little one and the big one was talking to him after the show and said, you know, this is great and it's wonderful and you're the hardest, you know, working drummer there. You know, I, yeah. all I do is watch Max. If I'm not looking at Bruce, I'm watching Max and wondering like how Max goes. So, <laughs> like the Energizer Bunny for so long. So um, just stop you right there just okay. because I got it. Um, Linda went to her first show the same time I did and was, didn't, wasn't impressed. But then when she went to the Wrecking Ball tour, um, she was prepared. She had listened to a lot of it. And she's like, I got a little crush on Max. Like, she's <laughs> like, like this is like, she, right? Like, yeah. she's like, that's my man. Like, you watch how hard he's working. I, yeah. I got some crushes on Max. So she's right there with you. For sure. So I showed him the picture. I, and it's, it's a picture of, the, I, I managed to capture four of them in the frame. Okay. Um, and I asked him if he would sign it. And he looked at it. He said, this is a great picture. I really like this picture. And my husband, quick as a wink, because he had had the small one yeah. and the big one said, well, we have an extra copy. Would you like it? And Max is like, yeah, actually, I would like it. Thank you very much. So one of my photographs is in Max's possession, not because I shoved it at him, but because he asked for it. Yes, he that's signed, awesome. <laughs> he signed the picture. Fast forward, we happened to be then going to City Winery where Jake was playing. Gary said, bring that picture. Now that Max has signed it, Jake will sign it. Sure. Sure enough, Jake signs it. Next thing is Stevie. Stevie signs it. So all I've got less of, you know, my big white whale, right? I need yes. Bruce to sign it. So, and I was, I was looking for this to show you tonight. I couldn't find the sign I made, but one of the stops I made on Bruce and Broadway on the sidewalk, I brought the image with me, which I will show you in a second. Okay. And I had this sign that said to-do list and it was have E Street Band members sign my photo and then i had max check jake check stevie check bruce with a big empty box <laughs> i've seen <laughs> this on youtube oh, yes, yes. yes so that's so he checked the box and signed it so here i will um yeah i'm all, I'm all plugged in here so okay. um, rather than pulling it well i guess i can pull it off my wall bear with me that's okay So it is. Oh, that is a good photo. So I've got that nice working from Bruce, you know, going that straight up diagonal. Yeah. Uh, and Bruce signed up here, but Max signed Suzanne, all the best. 
uh, Jake signed here, Suzanne, big love always, Jake, Stevie signed here in red, and then Bruce. So that is awesome. What makes it special is because I took the image because yes. Max wanted a copy of the image because I got four. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't get Nils in there, but yeah. all four ended up signing. And this is just kind of my reminder of what a miraculous, wonderful few years experience I had because prior to that, how would I ever have known to find my way to any member of the E Street Band for yeah. an autograph, for a picture, for a whatever? So miracles do happen. <laughs> I, I, I just, I think this is wonderful. And, and I, you know, I talk a lot about um, the power and the magic of rock and roll. And, 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 you know, people ask me, are you, are you tired of interviewing fans? How long are you going to keep doing this? And I go, as long as people want to talk to me, I want to keep talking to them because you never know what story you're going to get. Yeah. You know, um, I just interviewed a, uh, the former mayor of St. Paul, Minnesota last night. Oh, and what so, a nice catch. Yes. Congratulations. Uh, yeah. And so the reason why is because Betsy Hodges, the former mayor of Minneapolis, mm -hmm. was on, you know, I saw she's it. on I Twitter. Would... Yeah. So she did that. So she cooked me up with Chris. And at the very beginning, he told the story that they had changed the road in front of the center, you know, E Street you know, band road, yeah. Springsteen East Street Band. And uh, he said that he was going before the show and he ran into little Steven and he says like little Steven could give a damn who I am. And so, but he, you know, he's polite enough. And then as he's walking off, he goes back to the um, proclamation, reads it and comes back and says, what, two days? It's only going to last for two days? You couldn't, you couldn't make this more permanent. What are you worried that like princes would we prince is going to be upset or something, you know? And he said, uh, "Prince is from Minneapolis. I could give a shit what he thinks." And little Stephen goes, he he pokes him in the chest, says, "You're okay. You're okay. I like you." So I'm like, "How can I? How can I get this story? You know, that's funny." And then you to share. I mean, I appreciate so much you sharing so much of yourself because. Oh, thank you. It's the, been my pleasure. It's and, and can we just give a shout out to how wonderfully, beautifully democratic. Twitter is yes. with interacting with the East Street Band guys yes. and just how excited. I mean, I don't watch football, but yeah. man, I just I live for Stevens play by play. Yes, he is. On every football game. I just I'm loving it and loving how he responds and Nils and Amy and Maureen yeah. and, and Jake and anytime one of them likes one of my tweets or replies, yeah. like, oh my God, I gotta screenshot this and keep this forever. Like it was it's it is amazing. And like, I love the fact, and when I talked to Maureen, I said, you know, um, I, I would want to talk to Steven just about classic movies. 
I mean, like if he would join <laughs> yes. me, I would, I would not ask one music question. I would just ask, but you know, because you know, us during the lockdown, you know, he'd go, Hey, AMC's got a really TNT classics has a good double feature. Yeah. I was, you know? it was between the, 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 TN, the, the, the movies and the football and then yes. Maureen with her shoes. And now I'm yeah. pushed up with her shoe guy and he and I yeah. follow each other now. And yeah. Amy and I have followed each other and Neil's I follow. you know, it's just, it is, it, 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 it feels like, okay, there's, there's some connection there and they're just yeah. so kind to their fans and they're so I good do. in their replies and they're all just so gracious and, and, and kind. And it feels like you're hanging with family. Yes, it is. Um, so I am, I am so glad you joined me. Um, I hope you had fun. I had a wonderful time. Thank Good. you for not making me nervous. <laughs> well, I, I I appreciate that. I was going to say you were a little nervous, like, oh, I don't know. So I'm glad it went well. So before I let you go, though, I've got to ask you the Mary question. Okay. Right? So uh, for those of you who may have not listened to the podcast because you're friends with Suzanne and you've said, um, I don't know about this Jesse guy, but Suzanne sounded great. Uh, Jay Armstrong is an honors English teacher. He just recently retired, but he taught um, English in high school. And every year his senior class would spend two days uh, breaking down Thunder Road as a poem. They would look at all the lyrics. They would look at the imagery. They talk about what Bruce's, the themes Bruce is addressing. Uh, one of the things they compared is Robert Frost, The Road Not Taken. And uh, and then at the end of the two days, you know, Jay asked this class, does Mary get in the car? So Suzanne, that is your question. Does Mary get in the car? I think Mary gets in the car. And I think Mary is the one who gets the benefit of that last shot poured in the parking lot of the Moonlight Motel. Yes. As soon as I heard that song and I, and the first time he sang the dusty screen door, I was like, yep. What happened to him and Mary? That must've been a lifetime of a road together. You're the second person is given that answer. And I'm not just saying that because you've said it. I don't, if, there is not a answer, right? Of That's course. the beauty of the question. Yep. But if there is a answer, I think that's it. The idea that they get in the car together, they spend a lifetime together. They make it all the way to California. They, they grow old together. They raise their family together. And then she's moved on to the next plane and he's there thinking of her and remembering is just I absolutely wanna, beautiful. I want to believe it was his one true love for all of yes. his life. Whoever the he, whoever the character is. Yes. That's that's the way I want to believe it. Yeah. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And um, and I'm right there with you on the love of Western stars. I, I've said this multiple times. I feel like it's a, a collection of Elmore Leonard, you know, or Zane Gray, you know, yeah. short stories. Yeah. I mean, yes. yes, excellent, excellent yes. analogy. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, so Suzanne, um, if someone wants to reach you, uh, do you want to give your Twitter handle? Uh, I'm happy to. Um, what am I? I think I'm at, I think I'm Suzanne. Am I SDT SD, Lovett? Yeah, SDT Lovett. Yes. SDT Lovett on Twitter. Okay. Yep, there I am. And I'm on Facebook as Suzanne DT Lovett. And I'm happy to make a new friend. Good. And see you around further up the road when the next tour comes out. For sure. Absolutely. Yes, I can't wait. Um, I am going to end with... I sink neath the water cool and clear 
Drifting down, I disappear. I see you on the other side. I search for the peace in your eyes, but there is empty as paradise. There is empty a paradise. I break above the waves. I feel the sun upon my face. Thank you for sharing that beautiful story. Thank you so Suzanne. much. Listeners, you be safe. Remember to wash your hands. Remember to social distance. Wear an effing mask. Take care of yourselves because that's we need to be good to each other. And for now, goodbye. Thank you so much. Doing a podcast at times can be a one-way conversation, and I hate that. So please let me know what you like and don't like about the work I'm doing. You can reach the podcast via email at setlustingbruce at gmail.com. The show is on Twitter, at setlustingbruce, and my personal Twitter is at jessejacksondfw. We have a website, www.setlessingbruce.com. From there, you can find links to other Springsteen podcasts as well as other music-themed podcasts. We have a page devoted to our own SLB All-Star Band. These are guests who have been on the podcast more than three times. There is a link to our store where you can purchase Set Lessing Bruce shirts as well as a Mary Question t-shirt. There is a link to our Patreon page where you can sign up to help support the podcast financially. We have different levels and different rewards based on your support. If you don't have any extra cash, and right now who does, you can support the podcast by subscribing via your favorite podcast player and leaving us a review. The more reviews we have, the easier it is for people to find us. And please tell a friend about the podcast, especially if they love Bruce or music, because it will make a difference. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only, that listening Bruce. Set Listening Bruce is part of the Southgate Media Podcast Group. The theme for Set Listening Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.